1: yo what's up everybody it's time for the in off the bench podcast i am daniel ball and i'm joined as always by my co-hosts my partners in crime my brothers from other mothers jim cross randy Jowers, and guys tonight is episode 11 titled give me some of that jack and cheese because tonight we're getting a full helping of jack and cheese we got jack dallas from lamar university and chad dallas from the university of tennessee coming back to talk to us about postseason baseball play and it's going to be awesome so without further ado jim randy let's jump right into this help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week the dallas brothers chad and jack dallas Jack, my man, how's it going tonight? Hey, we're doing great, man. How are you doing? We're good, man. About time we got you on the show. We've had your brother on and he he's quite the the character, a good stand-up dude, but the whole time, you know, he he did talk a lot about you, so it's it's finally glad we're finally glad to get you on the show and get your story, man. So, let's start from the beginning, you know, you know, some of the listeners heard, you know, Chad's version of the story, but we want to get it from you. So talk to me, bring, take me back to you as a baby. Where are you from, man? What was it like growing up? How many brothers and sisters, you know, give me the whole the whole story.
2: Yeah, um, I'm from Orange, Texas, Fruit City, Texas, the uh, 409. I was raised there, born there uh, ever since I was a little kid, you know. That's, I got Chad, little younger brother, Cheese. And then we got an older sister, Leanne, and, you know, we've been playing sports since we could crawl. That's pretty much pretty much what we've been doing since we've been growing up. So it, it,
1: when you say, like, you you had siblings, was it heated in, in, in the house? Was there a competition, just just you guys going at each other, or was it more we're on the same team, we kind of just kind of get along?
2: No, nah, we've, we've been competing literally since we could crawl. I remember uh, – I was reading something my parents gave, wrote they, what they do is when we go off to college, they write us some letters just telling us good luck in college and stuff. And I was reading mine the other day and I remember my dad said something uh, in that letter. He was like, I remember before y'all go to sleep every night, y'all have to pitch three outs and me and Chad would be competing at four years old throwing strikes to my dad. So, I mean, it's really been since we could crawl.
1: Well, it, it seems like it's paying off because you guys are at high levels doing what you like to do. But, you know, before baseball was, was there any other sports that you played or was it always baseball?
2: No, it was, a. Uh, I I played, played a little bit of basketball. I was not a very good basketball player, but I did have fun. I liked to play, but, uh, football was another big one. That was uh, my other big sport. I actually, I came to Lamar to play football and I, you could say I played for two – I was on the team for two years, tried to compete for a spot, didn't really work out. But, I mean, I'm here playing baseball
1: now and I'm loving it. So, uh, one of our guests, uh, you probably heard of him before, Morris Joseph Jr. Yeah. He said you were his dude over cheese, 100%. He said you were his guy. So, if he was going to go to battle on the football field, he said, I'm taking Jack Dallas with me.
2: Hey man, that's that's an easy question. That that boy cheese, hey, I'm not taking anything away from him. He's a great athlete, but that boy was kicking footballs and I was throwing them. That's all I'll say.
1: Oh,
2: that's all I'll say. I didn't expect that to come out. Oh hey, yeah. <laughs> all
1: right. So so obviously you, you spend a lot of time you're doing football, then you're doing baseball. Like, was there a balance or like? the only thing that I can think of is like, I live in Florida, so it's year round and you don't see a lot of multi-sport athletes. So what is a multi-sport athlete in Texas? What does that look like? Is it, you know, you stop in winter and fall to play football and then you pick it back up spring and summer. Uh,
2: The thing uh, I don't know. I mean, you might know a little bit, but our high school is uh, it's the most winningest winning percentage wise uh, school in Texas. And the thing about our program is, is you stay in football athletics all year round. So I was doing football lifts, doing football So You never go to like a baseball athletic period. So I was in football block year round lifting, throwing all that. So I was still throwing football as well. I was still throwing a baseball.
1: So there, there's a lot of like research out there that says, you know, sports specific training is the way to go to Excel. Like obviously that wasn't in the cards for you, but is there anything that you regret not being able to specifically train for one sport or be dedicated to one sport? Or do you think playing multiple sports at the, at the same time is really was more beneficial for you?
2: I, I personally think that playing, like doing the football lifts, and especially, I mean, I've started to realize it more in college, but lifting, like while I was lifting in baseball, I think that was huge for my development. And I started taking it way more serious when I got into college, but yeah, I think unintentionally doing those lifts while I was still playing baseball was huge for my development. I mean, I understand people who think that, you know, the, the baseball or sports, I mean, I understand that, but being athletic, being active, being competitive 24 seven, that's something I enjoy, so I definitely enjoyed that. So what's your
1: favorite lift?
2: I like the power clean.
1: Get it? Wow! I,
2: I had uh, unfortunately in baseball, you, you know, we don't really do much power clean. But when I was on the football team, I had the uh, school record there, oh. or for quarterbacks. Let me not say for everybody for quarterbacks. Hey,
3: Daniel, I like it. He's the first one when we've talked about lifting to say power cleans. It's
1: because he's smart. He knows what's up. He knows he knows how beneficial fine, those power cleans are. So. All right. So obviously you're you're talented in, in multi sports. You inevitably you you go to you go to Lamar as a football and a baseball player, but in high school, was that the route that you say, Oh, I think I'm good enough to play at the next level? Or did you slowly like start seeing like, man, I'm I'm better than a lot of people at football and baseball? How does it come to be in high school where you you get this path to being a recruit for multi-sports?
2: Oh, uh, actually, I wasn't very highly recruited at all. The only play, I mean, I had a an offer from a very small school, uh, Louisiana College for football, but I didn't get looked at by any JUCOs for baseball or football. Lamar offered me in football first. And then uh, uh, my beginning of my junior year, I believe, or somewhere around then, the baseball coach said, I can come play. And the way I didn't know this, but the way that the NCAA works is there's, it's called like a Bear Bryant rule. And if you, if you have a scholarship for football, then they have to pay for all your schools. So basically the baseball team got a free baseball player without having to give me any scholarship money. But I mean, they, they wanted me to play. So it's not like I was walking on to either. They, they both sports wanted me to come and play.
1: So, when you're going through the recruiting process do you walk in to let's say was it football on the on your mind first and then baseball or was it i'm going to go for baseball and then hope to play football
2: i uh i mean i'm a pretty realistic guy. i'm a i would definitely say i'm an undersized player so, I mean, I, I mean, my full goal when I was there, I was like, I want to be the guy. I want to be the dude. I want to be the quarterback in football. And, you know, whatever role I ended up playing in baseball, I was ready for that. And so it, there was really no, like, intention. Like, you know, I mean, I'm also – I'm an engineering major. So I knew eventually I was probably going to sit down and have to choose one just because tough tough degree and all that. But my full intention was to play for four years football and baseball.
1: So who – you said that, you know, you weren't highly recruited, but who were some of the schools that were, were interested in, in, in having you as a baseball and a football guy?
2: Lamar. That was seriously it. Like, I I got my Lamar football for – and then Lamar baseball for me. I went on my visit, uh, I think, January of my junior year, and I, I pretty much – at that point, I was like, man, I mean, two schools and literally nobody else was talking to me. So, I mean, I didn't really have a choice. I could have waited around, but, you know, it's close to home. And they they showed me a lot of love. I enjoyed both coaching staffs. And uh, the pitching guy for Lamar, great guy, Sean Snedeker. He's coached a bunch of big leaguers, you know, Marcus Stroman, uh, Mike Studd, the rapper. Like, he, he's coached some big guys. He, Chichi Gonzalez, I think he's coached a bunch of big guys. He's a great dude, knows his stuff. And after talking to him and then the football side, I, it was kind of a no doubter to me. But I, I mean, at the end of the day, I also didn't have much to choose from. They were the only
1: school. So how how does like what what does that recruiting process with Lamar look like? Do they you send them some some film? Do you do you go for a visit and you talk to them or they went and saw you play?
2: Uh, they, they aren't too far from my high school. So I was a local guy for one. So that kind of helped, but I mean, I played on a very, very talented football team. We uh, in high school, we went to state three years in a row in football. We lost my sophomore year and that's, I was quarterback in, and then my junior and senior year we won in state. So, I mean, I was on some great teams and I I put up my put up some good numbers. But I mean, I played with some real talented guys for sure.
1: So in in football, who I know there's you say like I picture Texas football to be this bigger, larger than life thing. And you say you, you played on state championship teams. But who are some of the players that some of the best players you played with?
2: The best players that I played with, I mean. Number one, I would have to say Deontay Thompson. I mean, he was he was uh, my wide receiver my sophomore year, and he pretty much took me under his wing. I didn't even expect to play. Honestly, I was, I was about to be done with football my sophomore year because we had a guy who ended up transferring out of the high school, but he ended up playing college football at Arizona State, and he was there a year above me. So I didn't think I was going to get a chance, and they were thinking about moving me to receiver. We ended up transferring out, and then, I, you know, I got the job eventually my sophomore year. And so, but playing with him, man, that dude's a, a freak athlete. He, he went on to Bama, and then now he's with the Arizona Cardinals. Dude's a freak athlete and by far the the greatest player I've played with, for sure. But, I mean, you know, had guys like Trey Baldwin. He, he's at a lot of tech right now. Got I mean Big Mo, obviously, freak, freak dude on the field. He kick it. How about that? How
1: about how about Morris Joseph? How how good is he? Hey, and I, I know this as a Memphis fan, but Yeah, I see
2: I see the I see the uh flag in the back. Big Mo, hey, that dude, he's come a long way. He uh he really found himself. I mean, he's got great mentors who helped him like figure himself out, but that he's came a long way. And I don't want to sell any, because we had a bunch of guys on our team who were, if it weren't for size, would have been really great players. And they got overlooked a little bit of that. But I mean, I had KJ Miller, probably nobody really hears about, but he, he won a national championship with Mary Arden Baylor as a wide receiver. He's a real deal too. Uh, but Big Mo, man, that dude, hey, he is a freak. He played offense and defensive line for us. And he, he's got a motor he could go.
1: Yeah, he, you know, just to give you guys credit like he talked when you talk about mentors and people he had in his life his story revolved around like you and cheese for sure like y'all had a a a big part in him being who he is and and getting to where he's at and just keeping him grounded and and having a a tight-knit group of people to he could rely on so you know shout out to you guys man um you know with, with that what what is it like knowing that okay I get to go play close to home at Lamar not only that but I get to play two sports which is something like it's a dream like so what is the feeling like when you when they say hey all you got to do is sign your name right here and you got that opportunity
2: it was honestly you know a, a huge blessing man like I, you know, I dreamed of all everybody, you know, every kid, every high schooler, like their dreams to go play college sports somewhere. And, you know, Lamar may not have been the biggest school, but I mean, they took a chance on me, not only for one sport, but for two. And that was amazing. Knowing all I had to do was sign my name there. And then, you know, they, they gave me a chance and, you know, all I had to do was go and put in the work, you know, cards may have not fell in my, exactly in my favor for football, but you know, I played on a, on a great football team, too. We were, the, we were the first team in Lamar history to ever make the postseason. You know, it was awesome. I, I enjoyed all my time playing football there. And just getting the opportunity for that is, you know, that's something I'll be able to tell my kids and all that. It, it's amazing.
1: Who, who's more punctual, you or Chad?
2: That's me. It's a no brainer. I'm a cheese is a laid back dude. But I mean, he he. I'm sure he's definitely matured now. But I, I had to uh, kick him in the ass a little bit, make him grow up a little bit.
3: All right, Chad. So we've talked about Jack enough, man. Let's get to the real deal. You know, regular season, man, nine and one. He had ninety nine strikeouts, so 16 walks, four point two nine ERA. I mean, how do you feel about
4: the the season individually you just had? I uh, felt pretty good about it, you know. Um, it's kind of hard to talk individually uh, with when we have such a close-knit group, but uh, I thought I did well. Um, you know, some games could have done better. Uh, but, you know, no complaining for me. You know, just ride the wave, and, you know, it went how it went. So uh, just looking forward to the postseason.
3: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you definitely had a strong offense to back you up, and that's always got to make you feel good as a pitcher for sure. Um, you know, and we will talk about the team more, but we do want to start with individual stuff. And so, let's start with what do you feel like was uh, your best performance of the regular season?
4: Um, I would have to say, uh, you know, I, I thought South Carolina was pretty strong. Um, and my breaking ball fell off for a couple, a little bit that I felt like, at least to my standards. And so, uh, I felt at South Carolina that my uh, breaking ball was, you know, better than it had been in the past, like I said, for my standards. So, uh, you know, kind of coming back strong from the Arkansas series, um, thought a pound of the zone, you know, gave up uh, like five hits, two homers. Uh, that's just the cost of doing business. You know, for me, it's just filling up the zone and giving my chance a team to win. Yeah, I can't believe that you actually picked uh, that game uh,
3: since the fact that, you know, we got Jack on the show and I sent him that clip of that dirty breaking ball that you threw and uh, we were having that conversation about how filthy it was. So the fact that you picked that game, I didn't know if it would be that or, you know, the LSU or Florida game where you had uh, career-high 11 strikeouts and, and both those games and you were absolutely just dealing.
4: Uh, yeah, you know, the the big strikeout numbers, that that always kind of – Uh, you know pulls your eyes towards that but sometimes it's more for the uh, the grinding days uh, like maybe a Kentucky or Missouri where you know you really got to dig deep and uh, grind out the outings all right so let me ask you a question on
3: the negative side of things and you and you just mentioned it um, when you're talking about home runs you know you don't give up very many hits but uh, a lot of times they are home runs why is
4: that cheese tell me man I I don't know I don't really know I get you know sometimes I get hammered uh, by the by the team for giving up so many but uh, thankfully you know it's not too too many um, but you know I you know sometimes they might be sitting it sometimes I might leave a pitch you know right down right down their barrel but like I said man as as long as my offense is rolling you know I trust them and uh, yeah now I've always wondered why you know I pay for the mistakes so much but it is what it is. Yeah, because now Randy will message me and he'll be like, man, because, you know, we've become
3: such huge fans and he was already a Tennessee fan. he would be like, man, she's killing me with these home runs. And so, you know, other other than those, I mean, I feel like, you know, you'll give up just two hits in a game, but, you know, one of them's going to be a two-run bomb. And But like you said, it doesn't matter if you got the offense backing you up and uh, you get the win. I know you're a team guy and that's all that really matters. So, uh, you know, they hit theirs as long as y'all hit more. Um, oh, yeah. What do you feel like, and, you know, uh, this is it's always a hard question, you know, I asked you what you felt like was your best performance, but what performance, man, if you could go back and do it all over again, because it was just, you just didn't feel good about
4: it. What was it? Um, I, I It would be Bama, for sure. Uh, you know, we, we showed up, um, you know, the team felt good about it. You know, I got on the mound and just kind of didn't. You know, nothing really was working, didn't compete as much. So uh, I, th- I think I would go back and, you know, try to change that one a little bit. The um, you know, curveball wasn't working, wasn't getting my hand out enough on it. You know, other pitches wasn't pounding the zone like I usually do. So, uh, you know, I, I tried not to think about it sometimes, you know, or at least not as much, because then I'll start, you know, trying too hard on specific things instead of just letting things happen. But uh, I, I think definitely that I would want to go and change that one. So let me ask you whether it's a good performance or a bad
3: performance, because I do talk to your brother and we got him on here and I know he, he watches you. Does he call you as, as big brother and give you any, any advice or do y'all talk through stuff?
4: Uh, I mean, yeah, we'll, we call each other uh, a lot and text throughout the week uh, about games and stuff. Um, but really it's, you know, if we see something that somebody like each other is doing, you know, we'll just say something, but, it's not it's not a whole bunch, you know, we each know each other's games, but we just try to, you know, keep it just kind of good vibes throughout uh, the communication and, you know, it works pretty well for us. Yeah, because I mean, I only ask because it feels
3: like if anybody who could be honest and open with you, it's your brother, right? Like, I mean, y'all can talk about it, whether it's a positive or a negative. Well, uh, I just got one more, and I'm going to let, let Randy talk to you about a bunch of things, all things Tennessee, you know, because he's a big-time fan. But, you know, if you had one thing that you really just need to improve on as y'all y'all start the SEC tournament going go into the postseason, what do you think it
4: is? Uh, for sure, it would, you know, always be my change-up. I think uh, if, I've, I've said that multiple times before. I uh, started, you know, starting to throw it a lot more. Um, you know, I'm starting to feel – more comfortable with it, but you know, there's always room for improvement. So, just kind of commanding the change up uh, more than usual would be uh, really big. And it's been something I've been working on for a while.
0: Yeah, Chief. So, obviously, just to echo what he said, glad to have you back. You know, we talked before the season started and you, you touched on it the close knit uh, that this Tennessee group is. And, and it shows in the play, shows in the celebrations, uh, shows in how you guys rebound from those tough spots. So, that's been uh, you know, I know a couple weeks ago, obviously, we'll touch on this real briefly, uh, the Arkansas series, and it was a great series to watch. Obviously, it didn't go the way we wanted it to go as far as getting the series win, but what mm-hmm. I really liked about it was what you guys were saying afterwards. You know, we didn't come here to compete with Arkansas. We didn't come here to show that we could play with them. We came here, or they came to us, uh, you know, we wanted to beat them. We feel like we can beat them. And, and I think you guys still feel that way. Uh, you know, that was just a, some balls didn't go your way. Some things, you know, didn't break the right way. And, and they're a great team. You know, it's not taken away, but really impressed with the, the way that you guys bounce back because a lot of teams, you lose a heartbreaker like that, it's hard to bounce back. And you guys show the, the next game out. We're on a mission. We're not here to compete. We're here to win. So, you know, just kind of, just kind of talk through that after the Arkansas series, I mean, obviously I talked about what you guys were saying, but what were you guys saying to each other in the clubhouse? Was it just like, Hey man, we got to bounce back.
4: Yeah, it was a little bit of, you know, kind of both of that. Some of saying, you know, like we're going to bounce back, you know, and we're going to, you know, soon next game, as soon as we get back out there, you know uh, we're going to get right back to it and bounce back and get after the next guys we play. And then some was a little like kind of stepping back and realizing in, you know, letting each other know that, yeah, like we can play with any team in this country and that's how we feel. Uh, It's how we've always felt. And as you know, that's a confidence thing. And uh, I think that we carry that with pride. So, uh, but yeah, for sure. We knew that we needed to bounce back with, uh, with the next series.
0: You know, and I kind of felt like coming into the season, we talked about it when you were on here before um, a little bit underrated, you know, Tennessee was a lot of people weren't giving you guys um, the credit in the preseason, uh, so that was fine for you guys. You guys have talked about it. You were fine with going under the radar. We're going to prove it, and you have. So just talk about that. You guys are, you know, 42 and 14 as a team, number four in the country. Um, just you know, talk about what that was like. The ride that this has been. Obviously, a lot of hype around Vitello and and that whole thing. I'm not going to ask any questions about that because we got we're going to get we're going to win some things first. But uh, just what's the season been like? What's the ride? And how do you guys feel to bring Tennessee baseball back? I mean, you guys did this. It's been awesome.
4: The season has been really fun. Um, You know, we've had a lot of big, like you said, big hype moments in certain games with, you know, a couple walk-offs or comebacks and, you know, those are extremely fun. Um, But, you know, we, as a team, we always knew that we could be this team that we're playing like, and, um, you know, I think we're going to keep rising um, as we keep playing. And so that's even more fun. Um, And what was the other question? I lost it.
0: Uh, just, you know, what the what the ride was like with you guys bringing Tennessee baseball back.
4: Yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, obviously, me being uh, a guy from Texas, I knew nothing about Tennessee. But, you know, once I stepped on campus, I you know, um, I had to accept everything that's happened in the past and, you know, just kind of grind out through with the rest of the guys for, uh, you know, what the future is going to be like for Tennessee. And I think it's been awesome. Uh, it was awesome to see what the coaching staff and players did while I was getting recruited, seeing the rise that they had already, you know, started to make. And then, uh, you know, joining the squad and continuing to make the rise for Tennessee, it's been really fun.
0: Yeah, so talk about – it doesn't have to be one of your games. What was the best game uh, as a team this season for you? Hmm. It can be your game. I mean, I'm cool with that too.
4: You know, I honestly don't know if, if it is one of my games. I think, you know, the um, – the, you know, the LSU game, you know, when Evan Russell hit those three home runs or even against Vandy, you know, those, those two games where he hit three home runs and, you know, in the game, uh, they're really big moments. And it was just exciting because there were big crowds getting, you know, to see the Lindsey Nelson stadium, you know, more packed than it usually is. It's, it's awesome to see that the fans are buying in. Um, You know, I, I would say those two and, even, you know, Max Ferguson's walk-off against Arkansas, like, you know, huge crowd, 100%. It was awesome. That uh, was awesome. It was huge. It was a huge moment, especially for the fans of, uh, you know, of Tennessee fans. You know, they've been wanting a team like this for a while, and, you know, we're, we're trying to give it to them uh, as best as we can, so we're just going to keep grinding for them. So I think probably one of those three were one of the hypest, I guess, and one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I, definitely the moment is a standout recency bias. To Arkansas, man, that was such a huge moment hitting that home run. And you know what I, I love about it because I'm kind of the same way is when you do things like that, talk that shit. Like, you you guys do that. You guys are fiery. And, you know, other teams talk that shit too. They do it. All yeah. right, you got you get to talk your shit. But, like, we're going to do what we do. Uh, and so I've seen some stuff on Twitter. You know, they shouldn't act like that. Come on, man. I love it. And I love that you guys have that edge. It seems like that's from the top down. And I love it. Don't back down from anybody. And it's made for some hella great moments and it's not over, right? The ride's not over. Hey,
3: Randy, going all the way back to that Gilbert bat flip when, uh, when that swagger started early in the season.
0: Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. So, uh, obviously talked about some of your favorite moments, but obviously when you were on before we had, you know, Liam and Pavs on. So talk to us about, you know, you guys obviously still doing your thing. How are those guys doing, man? Obviously we know how they're doing performance wise, but how's everybody in the house?
4: You're doing great, man. Uh, Still having all the same amount of fun. I actually got Pav right back there laying oh, yeah. down in bed. Uh, but, no, they're doing awesome, uh, you know, playing well, having fun while we're doing it. Um, you know, it's, it's fun to start seeing these guys uh, continue to grind out the season and get hot at the right time. You know, seeing them succeed is awesome.
0: Yeah, man. So, you, you know, you talked about it specifically, you, uh, about how you guys felt in the beginning, you could bring a national title to Tennessee. Obviously, that's come a lot more realistic now. How much – are you just as confident or more confident now than you were then?
4: And I want to say just as confident, but at the same time, you know, obviously with the season that we've had so far, uh, it brings a little bit more confidence. But at the same time, what we've done in the regular season means nothing from here on out, you know. Everybody's zero and zero from here on out, so that's how we have to play. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jack. Let's get back to you, man. Let's start talking some Lamar.
3: Let's start talking about what you've done individually, man. Um, you know, regular season, you had eleven saves. You went two and two. You had thirty strikeouts, eight walks. I mean, how do you feel about your uh, your season individually?
2: You know, this was a uh, probably has been my greatest year here at Lamar performance wise, uh, and honestly, as a team, we've also done pretty well too. You know, uh, we didn't know set roles going into the season. What I'd be, coach told me to go into it with an open mind. And early on in the year, we uh, got knocked back with some COVID stuff. Didn't get to play some of our games, but once we started, uh, you know, we opened up with U of H, who at the start of the season started off as one of the hottest, best hitting teams in the country. And you know, we came out there and beat them two to zero. And I came in and got the save. And then you know, I kind of just wrote rolled with it from there on out. And I've kind of been our our closer is probably what you would call me. And I've just kind of accepted the role. And, you know, I love the thing about relief pitching that I love so much is not that starting pitching, you don't impact the game. But, you know, when you come in as a reliever, especially the closer, you know, you're going to come in in the big moments. And you got a real chance to impact the team and get the team going if they're down or hold the lead if you're up. And something I've just accepted and embraced. And I've, I've loved every second of it. You know, it's interesting you say that. This wasn't even a question that I had, but we've we've talked
3: to other relief pitchers we've had about this. Uh, you know, so you say you want the moment, you want to embrace it, um, you, you know, and I've seen some of the guys that we've had come on since then come into a moment that would just scare the mess out of me. Like, how do you feel if you were to come in with bases loaded, nobody out, holding, I don't know, two-run
2: lead? I mean, is that what you want? it's definitely not what I want. I, I don't enjoy, you know, I don't, you know, that probably means the team's in a pretty tough predicament, but if that's situation situation I do, you know, come in, like I embrace that, you know, I take that challenge like personally and, you know, I want to do my best to obviously give up no runs, but if it happens to, you know, give up a run, I want to give up as as few as possible. And it's definitely something I embrace. I don't typically want guys on or bases loaded, but, you know, I, I love the big moments, and I don't just say that. I truly do like embrace that that moment, and that challenge.
3: Yeah, man, I could never do what you guys do, man. I couldn't that situation. The nerves would get me. I, I'd be throwing like wild things on and in, in major <laughs> league. Like, nah, that ain't, that ain't for me. But uh, what would you say was your best performance uh, of the
2: year? Um, this two weekends ago when we uh we got swept by Evelyn Christian in our third to last weekend. And that's when, uh, you know, we kind of sat down as a team and we, like, you know, we looked at the standings. We were sitting in 12th out of 13, and we had to get to, to eighth to make the conference tournament. We were like, you know, there's no more, you know, we were talking the whole season, like, got to do this. But, like, at this point, we had to do – we had to win games, and we were like, you know, like, whatever it takes. And so um, we were playing – we did – we do four-game series in the South on this year, and, we, uh, I pitched the Saturday before, and we had to win this game on Sunday. And the, the day before, I had just thrown, like, two innings. And uh, I came in with – in the sixth inning with two outs, and I finished the game 3.1. And it was definitely – you know, it was a, a tough performance, you know, just mentally and physically. You know, the arm was a little tired, but it was a game we had to win. And, I, you know, I came in with a one-run lead and held it throughout the uh, rest of the game.
3: Was that uh, was that three point one was that your
2: longest outing of the season? Uh this this actually this past Sunday another game we had to win to get in. I ended up starting and uh I went four innings so that's that's the longest I've been this year. Gotcha. Um and
3: you know to go along you know I asked you best performance I asked Jesus same question I mean what what's the one performance you wish you could have back is there one that stands
2: out to you? Definitely, uh, Abilene Christian. You know, the weekend we got swept, and around this time we knew we needed to start winning some games. But they were the number one team in the conference, and you know, I feel like as if I'm a leader on the team and a guy that we count on. And we, I came in in a tie ball game in the eighth, and nobody on, and I ended up giving a run and giving up a run, and we ended up losing the game. And that's one I wish I could just have back. You know, a few pitches that I made and you know, a few decisions that I, you know, I could have could have shook a pitch or could have made a pitch better. And I just didn't I'd like to have that one back.
3: I understand. Yeah. I got a question for you, man. You know, both y'all are team guys. Y'all, y'all don't seem to want to talk about yourself. But one thing that I noticed is, as you've seen, I'm all about following all the baseball stuff on social media and uh, and uh, share stuff back and forth with you. Um, you staying at the top, you know, in those top four spots on the on the saves leaderboard all year for college baseball. Um, how much pride does that give you to just see your name on that list?
2: It, I mean, honestly, it, it really is an awesome feeling. You know, like it. it and I'll you know I'll talk about the team once again, but you know it takes the team to to set me up to get in that position. But it's you know it, it I take some pride in that, and I'm I'm proud to of you know I, I did put myself in that position to go out there and you know get the job done. But it, yeah, it's awesome to see my name up there, you know, because there's some guys in that that list that are great pitchers, and you know to see my name up there with them, I I really do. That's a great stat to see, and it, you know um, I very much enjoy that.
3: Absolutely. All right, well, this is the last one I asked you, and I'll let Randy get into talking about that team ball that you want to talk about. So same question I asked your brother, man, Um, just one thing that you need to improve going into y'all's next game Wednesday. What is it?
2: Um, You know, I haven't, um, my past few outings, I've struggled with uh, not command, but I've walked a few more guys than I usually do. I'd say just, you know, attacking the strike zone, making the, making the hitter work his way on. And, you know, so that's something, you know, I've honestly, truly seen from Chad this year. He, you know, he he goes out there and straight up attacks the guys, you know, and that's and personally to me, it's not a knock at Chad. I think that's one of the reasons he gives up some of his home runs. You know, he straight up fills up the zone. I'm not making a joke. Uh, he straight up fills up the zone, man. And he, you know, he's going to challenge you with his best stuff and, if, if you hit it out, you hit it out, but he, he's going to come straight up in there the next pitch. And that's something I truly admire about his game for sure.
0: Yeah, I like it too. He he, he touched on it. He said it's the price of doing business, right? So, you know, it's uh, no risk it, no biscuit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so, but uh, I'll stick, stick on you for just a minute, Jack. You talked about, you know, how you guys, you kind of got together and, you know, you being a leader, you said, look, we got to win these games to get into the conference tournament, to get to the goals we want to do. So obviously 25 and 21, you know, on the year, uh, judging it, just overall season, what, what are you giving you guys as a grade for the overall season as expectations, all that going in?
2: Well, for our expectations, we, we certainly didn't think we were going to have to, you know, battle up to the, the last out, the last game, to make it to the conference tournament. So I, I think we definitely, we haven't, as a, as a whole year, we haven't played our, our best ball throughout the year. I think we, uh, you know, now that we got the chance to get in the tournament, that's, we knew that's all we needed. We just needed a chance to get in. And I think we're on a great roll right now. We kind of got our, kind of got some swagger back after getting, you know, kicked in the teeth for a few weekends in a row. And I I think we got a good chance. You know, we're rolling hot into the tournament. Uh, I like where we're at now. I think we, if we should, if we played the ball that we've been playing the past few weekends, could have probably had a better year, but you know we just wanted a shot at this tournament so that's what we got now and we're going to make the most of it
0: no absolutely i love it so you know asking cheese the same question what was your your best game as, as a team and you, maybe you're going to say it was the last one cuz you had to have it
4: there's a lot of good moments i think but I'm trying to think as a i i South carolina friday night or i guess thursday night was uh, really good, played really well defensively and swung it really good. Uh, you know, put up 10 runs. And so it just kind of showed both sides of defense and offense of what we can do. So that was probably one of my favorites. And I would say close to best, I kind of forgot about Sunday at A&M. Uh, we put up 20 runs. Uh, so that, that was a lot of offense. I, you know, I can't really remember how the defense went that game, but uh, so I would definitely probably one of those two. You know, I, I, my favorite thing about baseball is watching the offense kind of get after it, unless it's you know me pitching. But uh, yeah, no, I like seeing our offense work.
0: That twenty ones was pretty. Twenty runs was pretty impressive. Yeah, it was. It was fun. <laughs> no doubt, Jack. What about you, man? What was your favorite? Your favorite game this year?
2: Favorite game this year? Um, the opener against U of H was a really good one, but uh, we had our senior day against UNO, uh, you know, a few two weekends ago, and it was another one of those must-win games we, like, had to win, and one of our seniors hit a walk-off single to, to win the game for us, and that was an awesome moment. Definitely lifted our spirits, and, you know, I'd say gave us a lot of momentum and a lot of hope going into the next weekend.
0: Yeah, so you, you talked about it, Jack, how you guys played Abilene Christian uh, a couple weekends ago, and it didn't go your way. You got swept, four-game series. So, obviously, that was kind of, uh, you know, a, a truth or t- truth moment, right? So, now you're playing this team again. What's different now? What's going to be different two days from now yeah. than, like, a couple weeks ago?
2: You know, uh, we they're a, a, a really good team, honestly. And, you know, they they hit the ball really well. Their pitchers come in, fill it up, challenge you. Um, I, what I love about it, it's it's a double elimination tournament, but we're gonna have one shot with them. They're gonna have one shot. And I, I'm I'm all in for our guys anytime we get that shot. So I think with our our best guy and their best guy, I, I believe we're gonna gut it out. And I I think we got a chance to uh, get some revenge on them for sure.
0: Absolutely. So I know the answer to the question, but I gotta ask it anyway. Do you guys have what it takes to make a run in this tournament? And if you do, I think you do, tell me why.
2: Uh, Senior leadership, for one. Got a bunch of older guys, a bunch of guys that played games, been through, you know, tough experiences, especially here at Lamar, you know, haven't been great three years and had the players to do it. But I feel like we're a very mature team, you know. Also, going through these past two weekends, basically playing in must-win games, you know, like, some other teams haven't had to go through that, and especially in a tournament play like we're gonna have this week. You know, some teams haven't been through that with their backs up against the wall. You know, may may they may find themselves, you know, playing a little bit tighter. You know, we've been through that. We're playing loose. We got to where we want to be, and now it's time to just go out and get it.
0: So you're saying you're war ready? That's what I'm hearing.
2: Oh, um, oh, no doubt. We're battle tested for sure. I love it.
3: Hey cheese, I got a question for you before we get to to the game this or that. You know, I told you I wanted to come watch y'all play in Hoover. Do you have any idea when you're pitching or anything? Yeah, I'll be throwing Thursday. There we go, man. I got what I needed. That's what I'm talking about. I know when to come. Sure. Uh, you know, I don't have too much of a hall pass to just go watch all the games. You know, freaking million games. And so I, I said, I told the boys, I said, you know, I've been to Starkville and I've been to Swayze. I've been watching the Mississippi State, Ole Miss games. I said, I got to see the Tennessee guys. I got to see Cheese Pitch. So, got to find a way. So now I know Thursday.
4: Thursday, yes, sir. All
1: right, guys. There's a lot of a lot of high stakes this week. The pressure's on. So I want to kind of let you decompress a little bit. We're going to have some fun. Let's play a little game. Jack, I'm going to start with you, man. We're going to do this or that. Cheese is, is a, a pro at this. He's already done it. So let me tell you the rules. I give you two options. You choose one or the other. You can't say both and you can't say neither. So I'm pretty confident you got this, but man, let's, let's start it off with an easy one. If you're going to go on a date, are you going to look for them biddies in DMs? Or are you looking face-to-face?
2: I'm going face-to-face. All right. Why? You got to talk to them in person, man. The guys these age, you know, they, they can go for the Snapchat, the DM. You know, a, a girl like it if you go up to them face-to-face. Hey, you know what? If you strike out nine times out of ten, you can get on base one time, you know?
1: Hey, well, there you go. Hey, hey, if you're if you're following baseball stats, you're going to fail more than you succeed. It's just That's you're right. Throw man. it you're out there. fail
2: more than you succeed. Hey, they Daniel, can't all tell you know.
1: Daniel, if you remember what she said, he said,
3: "Texas gentleman." He he actually might have had the best answer still to date to that question. Yes,
1: sir. So <laughs> all right, so so face to face, you 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 ask, you ask her out on a date. They say yes. So now you're getting the details squared away for this date. Are you calling that person or are you going to text that person?
2: I mean, once I, uh, I'll, I'll text them. But, hey, I like to hear their voice sometimes, too. I, I, but I'll be honest. I'll probably text them to set up the date.
1: I got you. So if, if we were taking BP, all right, who's a better hitter? Me. Jack, oh. Jack me. or Chad? Me. I I can hit I can do it from both sides of the dead.
2: It doesn't matter. Both sides. It's all me. Hey, I'll give it to Cheese. I'll give it to Cheese. I'll give it to Cheese. You know, hey, last time that you sounded that
3: confident, Cheese, you said you had a strap. And I actually heard before this episode that you didn't.
4: Hey, I no, I, I ain't said it hard, hey, I didn't say it's always high, but let's you know, talk about
2: a, do we need to bring it back to middle school basketball? What happened in middle school basketball? I wasn't comfortable then. I'm comfortable now.
1: He, he was the last. <laughs> it sounds was, like it sounds like Chad. You were the last to be picked in middle school.
4: No, no, I was just the king of the assist. I wasn't a shooter, but no. I-, <laughs> I, I told you.
2: I told you I was got- in the
1: rock. All right. So, who who's faster? If 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 it was life or death and you had to get away, who who's faster?
2: me me no no way. Yeah. hey That's it's not... me all day
1: no. all right so you you guys got a homework, all day you guys got a homework assignment and it is not due for a while because I know you guys are busy but so the <laughs> next time you guys are at home on uh, uh, on your social media I need you to go live and I need to see a race between y'all it, it don't have to be far 30 yards 40 yards maybe 90 90 feet at that Guaranteed. I'm gonna it.
2: you got that. I
3: got Jack. I'm taking Jack, Daniel. Mm. Hey, there we go. There
0: I we got, go. Cheese. I'm riding with you, baby.
4: There we go.
1: I think it would be a comedy of errors. I, I, <laughs> I, I do. It so. would
4: be laughing the whole way for sure. Yeah.
1: I think in their head, it would be the fastest they've ever run in in their entire life. But to people watching, they would be like, these two guys are the slowest.
4: <laughs> I'll tackle them before I lose. <laughs> that's for sure.
1: All right. So geez, I got a question for you. All right. You, you know how they do bobblehead giveaways and like foam finger giveaways. All right. What would be a better giveaway at a baseball game? A Jack Dallas mustache when he had this mustache or the mosquito goggles.
4: I would, I, I like the mustache i can't i can't really grow one but i i like the mustache the,
1: the I, go- I was disappointed when when he when he got on and and, and it's gone yeah hey, no it's fair i
2: I'd, I'd go for the goggles though i'd go for the goggles man that's Some cute people,
1: <laughs> that's cute y'all y'all love each other <laughs> Some
4: people are, too, people are too insecure to put those bad boys on
1: hey, hey got, do they you- fog up
4: no, my uh, my other ones did, but I lost those after the Texas a and M series. I haven't I haven't seen them since. So I 20 see-
0: runs got y'all too turned up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. So w- Jack, would you rather like what is the passion? Baseball or football?
2: I mean, now the the obvious answer is baseball, but if I say you ask me as a as a senior, like going into college, I probably would have said football. I I was very confident in myself and my skills, especially then. But I now it's definitely baseball. And I think if I knew what I knew now, and you know what what was college football and what was college baseball, I think the obvious answer would have been baseball.
1: All right. So being a baseball guy, and that's that's your passion. What are you superstitious? Or no superstition. Not that superstitious. Just a little stitch. Not that
2: superstitious. What about you, Cheese? Just, just a little stitch. Very, very,
1: Always have been. What, what's the one, the one superstition that that you that you rock like that's your thing?
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. I mean, like. Some people say like they wear the same socks and like sliders, but I feel like that's normal. Everybody just has like their certain sliders that they wear. I would say, and it kind of seems like a routine, but I feel really weird if I don't do it. I throw, like I warm up, get ready for the bullpen, right, right before the game, and I like I have to go pee right in between. Like I'll chug water if I don't have to pee yet. Yeah. But I, like, I will chug water. Like, I have to do it. And if I don't, I feel really uncomfortable for some reason.
1: Is that, is that what happened against, uh, what was it, Bama? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I already know. I, I, did, I was just off, man. That I didn't know what was going on then.
1: <laughs> no, nah, you're good, bro. So, Chad, who has a better mustache, Jack or Liam Spence? Oh, man.
2: Oh,
4: I think oh, he's cold. My bad. Hey, uh, he's got folks calling the room, room service. <laughs> <best> okay, <to have>, let's <laughs> have the governor. He knows everybody, not me. Um, but yeah, oh man. No, I, no. I, I, um, I, I think I have to say Liam. Liam's is big and no, oh, that's no pause, 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 pause. <laughs> his, 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 <laughs> He had a nice task. That was that that was uh, My B.
1: Oh. <laughs> huh? I think
0: we're in Rowdy Jordan's
1: room. Well that ain't good.
4: Might have gotten in the wrong room, my B.
0: Oh bro, y'all in the wrong room?
4: Apparently somebody just called, and I think we're in Rowdy Jordan's room. So Rowdy, I don't know you, but if you know if you're watching this, sorry about it, man. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Dude, I got nothing. That's so funny.
1: <laughs> we're, we're, this thing's going off the rails quick. So, Rowdy Jordan, wherever you're at, I mean, it, I hope you got a place to stay.
3: That's all I can say. Dang! Hey, you know what? That's the second uh, second team All SEC room, y'all are in. Then you know, Rowdy got that award today. Y- y'all got to go downgrade now. Yeah. Oh
1: man. <laughs> so, so Jack, would you? Would you rather go back in the past or fast forward to the future?
2: Looking forward, baby. We're going forward to the future. I, I already experienced everything I done, uh, went through. I'm, I'm ready for new opportunities. All
1: right if if you had if you had to fight, like let's say it's it's life or death. It's a zombie apocalypse, and you had to fight to the death. Are you rolling with your blood with Chad or are you taking Morris Joseph?
2: Oh man. <laughs> that's a no-brainer, man. Cheese is gonna be out there dying. I'm I'm living with Big Mo, man. We're that's safe. Right. I'm sorry, Cheese. We're, me and Big Mo are fighting till the evening.
4: he's
2: he's he's got so much size on me. That's
4: not even a fair question. But you got all that speed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I could I could carry the squad, but he, he See, that's know. the
2: thing. Cheese would leave me to die. Cheese would probably leave me to die. Big Mo's gonna stand there and fight with me. somebody's got to live to tell the story, my man.
0: That's, that's, right. why, that's why Mo picked Jack over <laughs> Chad, man. I'm just saying. That's
1: his that's dog. That's right, man.
0: Nah, just, we all know
4: the, the true answer to that question.
1: All right, Jack, last question before we take you off the hot seat, man. This is the, the staple question that we ask everybody. Would you rather have friends or would you rather have money?
2: Friends or money. Mm. Mm. (laughs) You know, about two days ago, and I was thinking about everything I could do with that money. But here, here's what I'm gonna say, friends. I, I know I've listened to the podcast. I've heard.
1: I well, think if I'm, if I'm gonna have, stop you right now, that that's the wrong answer. But go, <laughs> go ahead and 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 humor us with your, with okay. your reasoning.
2: Hey, I got you. Listen, if you got all that money, you're gonna be a lonely ass person if you got nobody to share it with. Bull that's how shit.
0: I'm gonna have the biddies. Hit them, Randy. Hit them. I'm gonna gonna have the honeys. I'm gonna have the bunnies. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm, Hey, I'm gonna have all the (laughs) friends. I hope my my wife don't listen to this podcast, so I can say that.
1: (laughs) Y'all thought Pavoloni had DMs from his social media, man.
0: (laughs) I'm gonna tell you, mine be popping.
1: Yeah, cheese. Let's let's ask you that question
3: before we get off here. I gotta know, man. What's up with uh Pavs always being the guy that they use for the media, man? They love that dude, don't they? He he, good looking, ain't he? The governor.
4: I ain't saying all that, but yeah, he's the governor. He <laughs> everybody knows him. He knows everybody.
0: Well, I he think got- he turned thirty two this year. So shit, he been there long enough. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm playing Pavs. You my guy. Yeah, he's back here saying damn. (laughs) No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. He's back there on the phone
3: telling Rowdy Jordan to find a different room. I
0: I was telling Jim, though, I've been noticing the social media. They've been having a lot of Kyle Booker up there on them uh, social media.
4: Hey, he's a dog. He's a dog for sure.
1: All right, guys. Jack, I'll start with you, man. Anything you want to plug or promote social media, um, upcoming games?
2: I mean, yeah, you know, we played – you know, Wednesday at noon against Abilene Christian. Hope, hopefully get a little bit of revenge. Go follow me on my Twitter. Yes, sir. At JackDallas7. Let me see the Insta. The Insta's a little outdated, but maybe have to get back on it. Uh, at JDallas112. And, you know, shout out the 409. Shout out BOD. There we go. That's all I got.
1: All right, Cheese, what you plugging? What you promoting? Uh,
4: now i just come check the tennessee boys out in hoover alabama this week uh and i already plugged my instagram and twitter and the tennessee podcast so now i'm just going to plug the tennessee podcast if you really want the instagram or twitter go check it check it out oh
2: hey that's
4: thinking right there baby brain works
1: get it well guys man i once again thank you guys for coming on it's always a pleasure uh, if there's anything we can do for you guys along the way, just reach out to us, man.
2: Appreciate appreciate you guys.
1: All right, y'all go check them out on Twitter, at JackDallas7, on Instagram, at JDallas112. You can check out the cheese at underscore Chadwell on Insta. Check out at Vol underscore baseball at Lamar baseball to get the latest on their season and upcoming postseason play. You can see Lamar Wednesday, 12 o'clock, taking on the number one ranked Abilene Christian in the Southland Conference Tournament opener. You can also check out the University of Tennessee Volunteers. Not sure if cheese is going to be on the mound. I hope so but they're going to take on the winner of Alabama, South Carolina on Wednesday at two o'clock. So y'all go check them out, show them some love on their, their socials and let's get out of here and call it uh, before we get to headlines. So we're going to take a break, plug some sponsors. When we come back, we'll talk those headlines for you. Welcome back to the end off the bench podcast. We got some headlines for you leading off tonight, Jim, we're going to talk NBA playoffs, man. It has been a crazy few days in the NBA. We've gone from play-in games to now playoff games. Man, let's let's start with the East. Talk to me. Hit me up. Give me some some Wizards talk. Give me some Knicks talk. Give me the Bucks. Give me the Brooklyn Nets. Talk to me. All right. Well, we'll go and start
3: with the Wizards, obviously. Go one eight. You know, Daniel, Joel Embiid is everything that they have said he is, and I'll tell you why. The guy was in foul trouble and had very limited minutes, and in those limited minutes, he was impactful. If they double teamed him, he passed out of it. The Sixers hit the open shot. If they they played one-on-one, he absolutely owned them. Um, Tobias Harris, you know, people talk about Ben Simmons. Maybe a little more time needs to be spent talking about Tobias Harris, but I'll Let tell, me you, tell this. you this. Tobias Harris was unstoppable. I mean, absolutely. And, I mean, the thing is, Rui Hachimura is probably their best defender, and he was getting owned. So, that's why I'm fixing to say what I'm fixing to say. It breaks my heart. You know, it's not Russ's fault. It's not Beal's fault. It's not, I mean, it's none of them guys' fault. They are completely outmatched. If you have Embiid on the floor for limited minutes, you had less turnovers, you had seven guys in double figures – and you still lost, I don't see a formula where you do win. I mean, even if you get a superhuman effort from Beal where he might score 50 or 60, and Russ has a very efficient game, triple-double, lack of turnovers, I just – I don't see how you can stop the Sixers. I mean, I I could see where, like, the Wizards, you know, put up maybe 125, 130, and and it still didn't matter because the Sixers put up 135, you know what I'm saying? Like, And so – I want, I I wanted that series to go to six, but Daniel, man, I'm just, I'm just going to keep it real. And I think, I don't think it talks bad about the wizards. I think it just speaks to the Sixers and, and being that number one seed and earning it.
1: Yeah. I I think the wizards, they have to like Beal and Westbrook have to be better than the majority of the players on the team that they're facing. I think in order to pick up victories and right now I don't think those two are better than the majority of the Sixers team. And, and it's just what you said. It's matchups based. Like those guys, they're a nightmare to match up against. And then you're going to have a guy like Tobias Harris, just go off. Like if yeah, it ain't and, and him, he, it's someone else.
3: Yeah. When he was off the court, I mean, and I'll, I'll end with this. Cause I know we got a lot of matchups to talk about, dude, you know how good a, a shooter uh, Steph's brother is you know, baby Curry actually shoots at a higher percentage clip. He just doesn't shoot as many threes. And so when they start doubling MB, guess who was the open shooter? And guess who knocked him down? Like, dude. And then you got Danny Green, who's a professional with many championships. Like it's the, the roster's too deep. The talent's just there. And so there's not, there's no reason to talk about that series too much more. I just hope Russ can make me proud and give everything he's got. I hope Bill can show that, you know, he is the all-star that, you know he was voted in to be, and the, and they can at least put up a fight and and win one. That's that that is my hope at this point. Just just show something, get one at home, give the fans
1: something. But the Sixers are legit, so we can we can move on. So let's let's move to the two seed, the Nets. um They to me it it seemed as though they were struggling early on. The Celtics hung in, but you know inevitably Brooklyn pulled away late. i I I've been saying it. I'm not sold on the nets. Um, I think they'll win this series, but I think if they match up against Milwaukee, which I, I think Milwaukee is going to win it in four, um, I think they might be in trouble. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to gauge on the Boston thing, right?
3: Because they lost Jalen Brown. And so, you know, that, that would have been a significant part, not only scoring, but more so defensively for those three stars in Brooklyn. So it doesn't matter how good Brad uh, Stevens coaches; They don't have the firepower to deal with that. And so, you know, that series just kind of is what it is. I don't think – Daniel, I think Brooklyn rolls, but I don't think it tells us anything, to your point. Like, there, you can't – if they sweep, people can't say, oh, Brooklyn, you know, I mean, they are everything we thought they were. I don't think beating Boston tells us that. And I think that's what you've been saying. And to go with the Milwaukee thing, yeah, they're up by like 30 right now. i fixing to go up 2-0. I think, um, you know, when I picked that series to go long, I think it was because of what Miami did last year, you know, a little recency bias. But Milwaukee has been legit for the last couple of years. They've been looking for, you know, what they can add. You know, remember, they added Drew Holiday. It's a huge piece, man. And, and I mean, the Greek freak is what he is. And Middleton, who hits the game winner in game one, like, I mean, is his a bona fide all-star. So, yeah, I mean, Brooklyn's not going to prove anything until they beat somebody like Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that's to me, I think that's where Brooklyn's road ends, unless they show me something different. I think, like I said, I think Milwaukee's gonna gonna win it in four. I think they're just gonna handle business. Um, but the the interesting matchup then becomes the four or five, the Knicks and the Hawks. The Knicks, hey man, like the energy was there yesterday, like everything was there. The only thing that stopped them was a guy named Trey Young. And I think Trey Young is starting to become – he is what Dylan Brooks would be to me if Dylan Brooks was on another team, a guy that's easy to hate. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I've talked to you about how he plays
3: very similar to Harden, but I'll tell you this, man, he hit the shot, so he he reserved the right to talk bad. The whole ice tray thing, that's that – I love that, okay, as much as I don't like the guy – Dude, having the nickname Ice Trey and having ice in your veins, that's that's sick. And so um, he reserved that right. The, the, the only thing I want to talk about in that game, Daniel, and we can move to the West, is the coaching decision um, by the Knicks. They put in a guy who hadn't played the entire game to guard Trey Young on the on the last shot. I don't care how good a defender he is. I think that's a terrible coaching decision
1: and it paid or it showed to be that way. How do you feel about it? I mean, I haven't watched the Knicks enough to tell you who is a good defender on that team and who is not. But what I will say is, I'll give you an example. If Tony Allen was on the bench in a key situation and you needed a defensive guru, like, would you not want him to come off the bench in a defensive spot? Yeah, absolutely. But
3: that—that's where I'd have to look at this guy. I don't remember the guy's name, and that's why I don't know that it could be that great a decision, unless their guys out there are just that bad at defense. Because Tony Allen's a whole different breed. But the guy, oh, I know. Yeah. I saw the clip, and he got blown right by Daniel.
1: Right well, by. I, like, like I said, I haven't watched them enough to know who's good on D for them and who's not. I don't want to discredit what Trey Young did but you're right um coming off the bench manning up against him that's that's a tough task can you imagine I'm sitting for, a for good 47
3: minutes and obviously we know real time is actually longer but game time could you imagine sitting down for 47 minutes and 50 seconds and then getting called into the game <laughs> no I'd be like no nah, I'm good
1: I'm just gonna you're, you're a baseball guy
3: right we talk about pinch hitting Dude, that's even worse than that. Like, I mean, like going up there and swinging the bat is completely different than being asked to, you know, you've been sitting down that whole time and you got to like be in a defensive posture and then go with one of the quickest guards in the league as he goes to the rack. Like,
1: right. At at least if you're coming off the bench to pinch hit, you get three chances to to get a pitch and put it in play like this guy gets one chance and he's got to be on i mean i, I kind of feel bad for the guy now that we're, we're talking the good about. news
3: is they didn't spend much time talking about his name so much so that i didn't remember it so no one's ever gonna hold it
1: against him, and that's that's good for him but we'll move to the west all right the west i'm gonna hold off on talking about the grizzlies and we'll we'll skip them we'll go to the the suns and the lakers dude did the suns not look like an absolute beast of a team
3: yeah. And if you remember, I have it recorded, you know, that was my pick to go to the finals. Um, you know, when this, this thing started and I told you, I said, Chris Paul's leadership, Devin Booker's scoring ability, but what I want to touch on. And, and if you, you saw that man, Ayton grew up, you know, he's been growing up all season, but for a guy who's never been in the playoffs, he was a monster yesterday to add to those guys and, and they they look like the two seed, and they look like they had the
1: Lakers completely outmatched. I, I got a question: Is it are the Suns that good, or are the Lakers are they overrated?
3: Well, I think it's both. Um, I know I know that's not the answer you want to hear, but the Suns are that good, but the Lakers are not. The Lakers of last year, Anthony Davis, they've talked about it. He has not looked anything like he did um, last year in their playoff run. LeBron has been hurt. The role players have not done what they did last year. So it's, it's both, but I, I think this series, which I, now I did say the Suns would make the finals, but I also said that this might be the best first round series we ever see. I'm going to have to walk that back. And I know it's just one game, but there's nothing about that game that told me this thing's going six or seven. It may very well may, because you are talking about LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but I, I don't know, and and I gotta ask you this, Daniel, because we like we like to talk about LeBron and the things that he does that tarnishes his legacy. Let's talk about that flop, bro. You know, uh,
1: I, I I saw it in real time, and I didn't really like because there was so much other stuff happening. Like I didn't even notice him until after the ball was thrown at the other guy then i realized oh shit that's lebron on the ground and like it wasn't until they showed it in slow motion how like like egregious of a flop that really was he was
3: holding the opposite side that chris paul blocked out on her and and not to mention chris paul is 10 inches shorter than him and 100 pounds less than him
1: right so like i mean that's at some point i mean I think Van Gundy was on the call, and he, it might have been that game or he may have been on a different game, but he was give, giving it to the refs as far as, like, they've got to get that out of the game. The, the flops and, and and stuff is just too much. It's but just become...
3: it, it, it is, but specifically with him, it bothers me because he really is that great a player, but it's things like that that make me not want to root for you to do well. Like, I can't, I can't stand that, and, you know, the comparisons always to Jordan – And Jordan would never, ever do anything close to that. And that's why people who defend Jordan against LeBron, that's why they get that way because stuff like that
1: is embarrassing. I agree. Um, I think he is better than that. It's like those guys, I mean, would you, what's worse a flop or shooting a three and sticking your foot out to draw contact? The flop. I feel like it's in the same ballpark. Like
3: it's, the shooting the three like that, it bothers me, but it's borderline intelligent too because guys get away with it all the time, which it just speaks to the fact you're talking about the NBA. There's a lot of things. Um, you know, we talk about how well MLB um has gotten their officiating, right? The the NBA needs to clean clean stuff up for sure.
1: So let's talk about Dame Dalla. I mean, is is it is this a series that Portland can run away with and if so do they match up well against the Suns?
3: Yeah because you're talking about two
1: elite guards against two elite guards if
3: you get to that matchup. I think one of the things that people forget about with Denver is they lost Jamal Murray. He's he's an all-star right like I think people forget about that they because of Jokic you know who's probably gonna win the MVP they're like you know Denver's legit but when you talk about a guard heavy team like Portland and you don't have the guys to match up but uh, you know we're not going to give it all to Dame as Randy pointed out to us. Man, um, Carmelo was absolutely clutch, and so for a guy who um, you know he's had an up and down roller coaster you know career, especially in the playoffs, um, you like to see you like to see him do well. I don't think he's ever been a guy who's like a villain type dude, right? A guy that's hard to uh, you know like you know. Obviously, some people don't like that he's a volume shooter but he's never been a, a, you know, someone that you, you villainize. And so you'd like to see him do well and help that team. You know, I don't know how long this series goes, but Portland going into Denver, which is supposedly, you know, obviously one of the hardest places to play with the altitude and the crowd and everything doesn't, doesn't bode well for Denver. And so, yeah, I, I think if, if I'm going to pick, I, I'm going to go with my original pick. I still say Portland is six. I think Denver gives them a hard matchup, but I think it's Portland and Phoenix. Like you say, don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. And if that matchup does happen, you're talking about two elite guards against two
1: elite guards. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be crazy. So let's move to the clips and the Mavericks. I, I honestly, I thought Dallas would put up a fight, but I didn't think that they would win uh, any of the games. I thought the Clippers would just, you know, keep it close throughout the game and kind of pull away late and, and win. But it, does Dallas have a legitimate shot, or do you think the Clippers figure out what what they need to do and shut them down? Well, let me start by saying that's the only game
3: other than the Knicks-Hawks that I didn't watch. Because uh, all I saw the Knicks-Hawks was the final clip, and I didn't, I didn't see any of the Clippers-Dallas game. And it was a foregone conclusion in my head, Daniel, that the Clippers were going to win that game, and it wasn't nothing against Dallas. I mean, the Clippers were supposed to be – you know, the same as last year, right? They're supposed to be that team that's making it to the Western Conference Finals. And so, you know, I wasn't really intrigued with the matchup, even with Luca and Porzingis on the other side. And that, to answer your question with that, isn't any team with two bona fide stars, one who may be a top five player in the league, aren't they automatically a threat? And when they go steal one in your house, aren't they, isn't it, I mean, you got to be a DEFCON four.
1: Yeah, I mean because here here's the deal you get rid of your coach because you say he's the problem and the reason why you're not winning championships you you bring in your guy that you think is going to solve the problem and you put yourself in a position where you're playing a team that is an, a higher seed than you and you lose at home like yeah it's it's definitely there the radars are on like they they've I think hey, you're right. you're and right. let me let me tell you, Luca. All right, that might be
3: that could be my favorite clip because you know Patrick Beverly is my least favorite player in the NBA. And I don't know if you saw it. And, and Luca's been known as more of the nice guy, right? Man, early in that game, he absolutely bullied Patrick Beverly and went to the rack and got an and one and said, You're too little, bleep, and it got caught on air and everything and and stared him down. And, I loved it because I don't like Patrick Beverly, but but basically my point of telling that story is Luca has been the nice guy, right? But that told me he's in playoff mode, right? He's coming out. It was eleven to five, I think, was the score when I saw the what it showed with the clip. That told me Luca is is engaged, and that for the the Clippers is 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 going to be a problem. So this series, I think, if there is a series when you look at all these matchups, if there's one that I was to bet money on that goes seven, this is it. Yeah,
1: I, I think this second game is is going to be a must-win for the Clippers. If they don't, I think it's over. I think they. I, I honestly think if the Clippers lose game two, that they might get swept. Very likely. Uh, so that brings us to to the Grizz, man. And if you've been a Grizz fan for a while, the past – you know, this, this weekend has been phenomenal basketball. Just a lot of fun to watch. They – they uh, take care of business against San Antonio. They win a barn burner against the Warriors. They get the eight seed. They go into Utah, and they, they said, hey, man, we're packing for for a three-game trip uh, on the West Coast, and they went into Utah. They struggled early, got it together, pulled away, and then they do what the Grizzlies do. They make it interesting late, and but they ended up pulling away and winning the game. it's amazing to me the the fight that these guys have and the the youth that these guys have and maybe that's it just not just being youthful and not knowing any better just going out there and playing with nothing to lose but that's something I wanted to I wanted to say to you right off the bat I wanted to ask you
3: this because you mentioned the three games right and I'm glad that they addressed it on TNT you know the guys talking about you know, Utah has been sitting around for six days. And some would say that's, you know, advantageous. Meanwhile, Memphis is knocking off the Spurs and knocking off the Warriors. And then, you know, some people would say, well, they'd be fatigued. But you're talking about a team with the average age is 24 years old. It's not bothering them. This is what they do. And so I I ask you, do you think, oddly enough, that playing those two games prior to, to this Utah one Benefited them to get momentum? Normally,
1: I I would say it wouldn't matter. But given the fact that we watched them play a Golden State team for position in the play in, and I said it last week, there was no urgency. There was no sense of like fire. But then they play San Antonio, and you see it there's fire, there's drive, there's a sense of urgency. And double that in the next game against Golden State where they got something to play for there's fire there's drive there's urgency and now you put them in a situation where they're in the playoffs but they're playing the top seeded team in the league and they go out there with a chip on their shoulder as big as the world and like this is what happens um i i can't say that i'm surprised that they won the game but What I will say is I'm, I'm excited and I don't know, you know, how long Donovan Mitchell is going to be out. I don't know how long, if he does make a difference. I want Um, him
3: back. And I'm going to tell you why right now, every, every Memphis fan for the most part, don't want him back. I want him back because Brooks is already, was already talking crap during the game to him on the sideline. I'm ready. I'm all about watching that, you know, and, and to talk about what Brooks can do to somebody, he had, he had Donovan engaged, who wasn't even in the game. He had Mike Conley, who we've never seen chirp, what, at the very first time at the line, what, X amount of minutes into the game, trash talking, going back and forth. Dylan Brooks is, like, he's, a, he's amazing because he can get in your head, and you know that, like, in, in this game, in the game of basketball, if you can get in another guy's head – Man, it's it's a valuable tool. So, what does Memphis have to do to win the series? All right. Well, I think let's start with instead of starting with Brooks and all that, let's go let's go down low. Right. Um, they talked about how Valanciunas may have not had a ton of points, but he, when it came to rebounding and defense, he was frustrating Rudy. Right. Um, I think it starts there. I think that's got to continue. You've got to continue to frustrate him and get him if not even in foul trouble, get him off his game and get him off his spot. Because a lot of those jaw lay-ins, a lot of those Brooks lay-ins, you know, yeah, they got by their defender, but it's also because Big V had Gobert occupied. Yeah, I mean, when you
1: when you got a guy like Gobert down there and, and Valentinus it's just clogging up the lane. So the more he can push Rudy out, the more that, You know, Ja and Dylan can slash and get those lay in and those floaters. What I wish, what I felt like I I was saying a lot of was just attack the basket, Ja. Don't kick it out as much as you were. You know, and for the most part, they were making shots when he did, or they were they were figuring out a way to score. But he had the floater going,
3: and that yeah. and I think that's your point. when and when he's got the floater going, continue to go to the rack, and then if they come out on you, that's when you drop it off to V. Yeah,
1: and it's it's hard, like when because Josh's not like he he's not the greatest free throw shooter, and it's tough for him to try to draw fouls if you're going to go to the line and only make make one of of two. So. Um, you got to make them pay when you go to the line. If not, then make sure that you're scoring points whenever you get a chance to, to get to the rack. Uh, I think, I think it's going to be a good series. I think Memphis has a lot of fight. My, my thing that I question and I worry about is how, how long can they sustain the fight that they've been given folks? I think they look, I think they can because we were
3: just talking about that youth and then like you said, they, I mean, they're, you know, whether it's chip on their shoulder or they got nothing to lose, you know, all that, but they're also deep, man. And that was the other thing I was going to say, you You said, how do they continue to have success? Um, tell me a guy other than um, uh, Tillman who didn't really do anything. Tell me a guy who came on the floor and didn't contribute something significant. Bain did, Allen did. Anderson was phenomenal. You know what I mean? Like, there wasn't, you
1: know, Jackson's I Jackson mean, still, still looks rusty, it, but go ahead. I hate to say it, but I think Brandon Clark out of everybody that's on the bench probably did the least. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, he, he didn't he didn't come in but and get get play time, but you right. know what I'm saying,
3: Grayson came in and knocked down two big threes. Bane Bane came in and knocked down uh big shots. Um, you know, Anderson was great all game defensively. He and he had some timely buckets like like the I think that's something we've talked about with the Grizzlies, and it's something like, you know, as a Wizards guy that I'm jealous of. You know, I'm I'm talking about trying to watch two or three guys get it done. With Memphis, you watch eight or nine guys get it done, right? Obviously, you had the two guys with the huge games, but everybody was contributing, and I think that is a key to success. Yes, you want Ja to do his thing. You want Brooks to do his thing. You want Ballantus to have big games. But with with Grayson and Anderson and Bain – jackson if everybody's contributing like that i think that there's they could honestly if they contribute like that they can compete with anybody not just utah
1: absolutely man it's 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 gonna be fun i mean you know before we move off this i'll say this you know i I talked about being able to sustain the fight that they're giving folks with the grizzlies i mean their next game isn't until wednesday that's that's a ton of time off to recover and, and reset and get yourself right, um, which I think is is will bode well for Memphis and not be as beneficial to Utah because Utah after the game that they had probably wants to just roll right into the next game and like keep keep it going. The Grizz could probably use to have have some time to rest and, and relax a little bit before they have to turn the switch back on, but man. As we're talking playoffs, let's move on to hockey. And dude, it, it's when I when I tell you this, and I'm not saying this as a homer, but I, I do want to bring up the fact that the Panthers and the Lightning, that series is by far the most entertaining, the best series of hockey I've ever seen. I mean, these guys are just beating each other up. Every second they get, every stoppage, man, they are they're in each other's grills. They got guys hitting each other with sticks, hurting people, slamming them into the boards, getting suspended for uh, for shots, man. It, it's crazy. But just to go quickly through it, Colorado beats the Blues. They're moving on. The Knights are up um, three games to one on the Wild. The Maple Leafs and the Canadians are tied at one game apiece. The Oilers... Um, and Winnipeg man Winnipeg is just working those dudes they're up 3 games to nothing you got the Bruins who have moved on they beat the Capitals you got the Penguins and the Islanders tied at 2 you got the Panthers or the Predators and the and the Hurricanes tied at 2 and then you got the the Lightning up 3 games to 1 on the Panthers and the Lightning are currently playing right now so I'll give you a little quick score update well, while you're pulling up that score update, I wanted to
3: tell you that they were talking about this on the radio and, you know, obviously I haven't seen any, but they were talking about the amount of games that have went to overtime. And then they were specifically talking about a couple different fights. And so um, I will say this as someone who hasn't been watching. Um, it does seem that hockey fans are getting pure entertainment. And so for those people, that's awesome. And you know, that if, I wasn't clogged on time between watching the NBA, MLB, SEC, college, baseball, you know, I would be, I would be in it because you you challenged me to watch it. And usually I'll take, I'll take those challenges. Um, and so I, I unfortunately have not have taken you up on that, but I will say for those hockey fans out there that are listening to you as you're reporting it, um, they seem to be getting the best of entertainment.
1: Yeah. Every, every, every series has been entertaining. I've even, you know, watched some of the others and, and it, it, it's tough not to, not to like it. Those guys move so fast and there's so much action. There's not a lot of downtime. It's, it, it's amazing the the things that they can do at the speed that they do it. Um, but the, the lightning are currently down three goals to one. They just, they're about halfway through the third period, but don't count them out because this has been a series of many goals scored and, they had 10 goals scored the other night, almost in one period. So it, it's crazy, but let's uh, switch over. Let's hit up some major league baseball, man. We got to start with the Rays, the hottest team in baseball right now. Um, they have the, their are tied with the best record um, with the Padres, I believe at 30 and 19, 30 and 17, but um, they overtook the, the Red Sox finally for first place in the East, followed by the Yankees, Blue Jays, Orioles. You got the White Sox holding steady. The Indians are climbing closer. They're a game and a half back. And well, then- Daniel, let's, let's go
3: to that Rays thing for a second because okay. that's your squad, and I want to talk about it. And, and we talked about the 11 straight just in, in message. Um, you know, how impressed with you are you? I know you expect this from them. But the idea that we know that they lost players again off season, you know, I can't, I can't give you the exact number, but I mean, just off the top of my head, I know y'all lost four or five, you know, good players. And yet here we are again, going down the same road, them
1: doing what they do. Like, I mean, just how impressed are you? I mean, it's it, at some point it stops being impress, impressive, and it's just becomes the way of work and, what you have to look at is the thing that we talk about all the time. And that's the run differential. They're positive 50. (laughs) I mean, they're, they're scoring runs at, at a clip. I mean, even today they, you know, Wendell hits a grand slam in the first inning, like boom, four runs just like that. Um, But I mean, that's one example of many where they're, they're just putting up ungodly amounts of runs. And, and I think to what you're saying is, those guys know how to develop and they know how to get the right people that are gonna do what they do as far as their system. So um is it impressive? Yeah, but it's not near as impressive because it's almost now the way of work. Absolutely. But we got we got your White Sox. Uh they're actually taking on the Cardinals tonight. Um, uh, the White Sox I, like how, I like how they're my right White Sox. Now. Is
3: is Frank Thomas or Paul Canarico on the team, man? Why are you going to do that to me?
1: Well, I, I, say, I say that because you've been a White Sox guy. You picked the White they're, Sox. That's still the second
3: the team. Yeah, they're still, they're still my second team. I read the stuff. And, hey, I will say this. When you read off the, the who's leading each division, we said which team would be in first place. It wasn't in first place, and it was Tampa. And we said Chicago
1: and Oakland would hold. So, hey, look at yeah. that. Look, we we know something about something, man. You're right, though. The A's sitting a game and a half up on the Astros. Anytime the Astros are losing, we're happy with that. So they've lost the last three. So I'm I'm a happy dude. Randy, now that you're with us,
3: are the A's going to be able to hold off the Astros this whole season, do you think?
0: Mm, Man, that's a tough one. I'm going to go with yes because I want it to happen. But the Astros are still good. No, we just don't want to admit it. They're still good.
3: Yeah, no, we we've talked about it. They're both going to be there in the postseason. That that's not the question. But the question is who can who can take that division. And like you said, the the Astros are undeniably good. I mean, you know, Daniel was talking about the the differential. Look, the A's are leading the division with the minus eleven. Meanwhile, the Astros are sitting at plus fifty nine.
0: Right. It's so it's so early in the season two. We're, we're, we're a third of the way through. So I mean, good start for Oakland, but I feel like we've seen this movie before with them as well.
1: Well, I can tell you who it's not gonna be, Jim, and that's that's the Los <laughs> Angeles Angels. Uh, but hey,
3: you know what? Now they got an excuse because uh Mike Trout's out four to six weeks. But I'll tell you this, all right. Is there is is the A or is the A's the Angels, I mean, with what Otani's doing. Are they if they weren't a West Coast team, because I know that's your your biggest deal, Daniel, if they were an East Coast team, would you tune in to watch them just for that
1: guy? No, they're terrible. <laughs> what terrible. about you, Randy? Terrible.
0: You like bombs and strikeouts? I, I really like what that guy's doing. And the fact that he's, you know, he was dominant, you know, uh, where he's from and then he comes over here and does, it's it's really because we've heard a lot of guys that they th- they said we're going to be what he is right he's going to come in throw 100 miles an hour then he's going to come in and f- hit a 400 foot bomb I mean he's literally doing it I mean we're, I'm impressed
1: I mean I so if if you ask me that question because that's not the question you asked me I said they're terrible I would I say he what he's doing is impressive. Would I tune in to watch? No. If they were playing the Rays, yes, but I'm not gonna make go out of my way to watch the, the Angels play. Um when they're when they're closer than seven and a half back of first place, then then we can talk. But right now, no, I'm not tuning in to watch them play. Um mm, hater. Transition into the National League, man. I gotta let you 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 talk about the Braves, man. We Austin Riley's just killing it, Jim.
3: Man, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to throw a shout-out Randy's way first because when that streak first started, he's the one that texted us in the group and said, Austin's getting hot, and then it caught my attention, and then I started watching. And And so I say that to say that he he hits two home runs two games in a row, and so the game that I decided to watch, he hits two of them. And so uh, shout-out to Randy for getting it on my radar, and if Austin just so happens to listen, my bad. I wasn't watching you off the top so but yeah i mean dude he got he got player of the week in the mlb that was a guy that we just talked to He's a humble cat from from right our neck of the woods and man you can't help but root for him And we've talked about freddie freeman right and how likable a, a guy he is and you know i know acuna has got a different kind of swagger about him but i mean i like watching him hit bombs too so i mean atlanta's
1: fun Man, I, I don't know what to think about that division, though. They're all 500 or below. Like, the Mets are one game above 500, and everyone else is below. And it's close. Like, from first place to last place, you're looking at two games back. But like that's not really exciting baseball to me. And I, I can't figure out is it that they're good and they're just beating each other up or are – those teams really not that great. You know, Randy listens to GP a lot. What's GP say about his Mets, man?
0: No, man, he's he's um irrationally confident in the Mets. But I mean, he, this Degrom, right? They're about to get him back, so you should see them guys kind of shoot up. And then when he gets back, I want him to listen to GP when DeGrom's <laughs> back.
1: Yeah, he'll he'll be hand crushing all over them and be like Jim and Taysom Hill.
0: So, Randy, does their pitching staff? You think? Have enough
3: to – okay, Well, you know, I think two teams will, will obviously go to the playoffs from probably that – from that division as well. Um Do you think they have enough to hold off the division or at least make the playoffs uh, just having that rotation alone and not even putting up a ton of runs?
0: No, Yeah, I do. I, I think that – I mean, they continue to do that. And that pitching staff is so good that when you get – if they can get there, and I think they will. I mean, if you only going into the short series, I love those guys' chances against anybody. Because, you know, DB says it all the time, good pitching – you know beats good hitting and we're seeing especially right now Jim you hit on it the other day there's so many no hitters so many one hitters just tonight Lance Lynn the former Cardinal he had a no hitter going into the six until Goldie broke it up um but yeah I think that the Mets that with the emphasis on pitching they got one of the best in the game
1: absolutely and that then we look at the central and the Cardinals there they are doing what the Cardinals do um yeah but they broke my heart last night bro they broke my heart Oh, they broke my
0: heart tonight. They broke up a no hitter and then proceeded to give up four straight runs.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think the Cardinals, I think they're a good team. They're not by far the best team in baseball. I think they're they're going to have a chance to win the Central, um, but it's going to come down to first off can everyone stay healthy and pitchers be on the bump and do what they're supposed to do because well, I, I, let me ask I, you
3: guys do you think do you think wayno and Yachty, who
1: seem to turn back the clock all of a sudden do you think those guys can keep up what they're doing yes they're smart they've been in the game too long not to be able to figure out something like those guys know like they're not gonna they're not gonna be the high high velocity or high hitting but they're going to do what they do because they're smart. They know the game and, and their, their approaches to everything is so much better than some of the other players. Um, there, when we, when we look at the West, there goes that youth, um, the Padres best record in baseball, 30 wins, 17 losses and Jim, you You were high on the Padres last year. We were all high on them this year. We, we thought that the, the Dodgers would be the best team out of it. They're, they sit a game back, but still the Giants are hanging around. I think we, we talked about the Giants a little bit last week as far as <laughs> probably going to drop. You told me I
3: couldn't pick against them, drop him because we were supposed to be rooting for them because they were the old men. But you notice I did the fist pump because I told you the Padres were going to do it, yeah, not that I was, did. like, making a hard, hard, you know, decision there.
1: Yeah, I – I don't know. They're also like, they're like the, the grizzled vets. Like I want them to do well, like they're all our age and I just want them to win just to my,
3: my question is we know how we all feel about the Dodgers. Like it's all F the Dodgers kind of like the Astros. Um, you know, the Padres put the Cardinals out last year. Are we holding that against them or because they are such a fun team? Do, do we like rooting for them as long as it's not, hell? no, no,
0: you're I, holding it against them. Yeah, man.
1: I'm, I'm petty betty. What about you, Daniel? You like watching the Padres? No, they play on the West Coast. I will never like a West Coast team. <laughs> You'll never like a West Coast team of any never. kind, huh?
0: Except for never. the Giants because they're old men. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and well, no, you weren't, yeah, you weren't here last week. You weren't here last week. You would have appreciated that. Dude, we found at least, what, Daniel, 12 guys that were 35
1: or older on that roster? It was amazing. Yeah, we, we couldn't. Until we looked at the roster, and we started going, oh shit, I remember that guy. Oh, that guy's still playing? He's still but, in the league. Like, like there said, was, we said that literally six times.
3: There were two that cats that playing? were like twenty four, and then everybody else was like twenty nine or older, and we we're like, them twenty four year old guys don't even know how to relate to everybody in the locker room.
0: But if yeah. you're looking at it, and y'all probably covered this, I mean, this is their run differential. That's three of the be- top five in the league in run differentials: that Padres, Dodgers, Giants.
1: Yeah, it's it's because they're they're loaded they're loaded lineups. Plus, they can pitch really well. Well, well guys, uh, did, it,
3: is the playoff format going to stay like it was last year? Or is it going back to normal?
0: No, it's it's going to stay like that with the extra. So, so those,
3: so if the Giants stay doing what they're doing. Even with those top two, they'll be they'll be in there. So yeah, they'll get their shot.
0: And I think that might go back to your point, though. If if on the in the Braves division, uh, they might. I don't know if two teams can get in there. I'm sure. not running the math right now, but wouldn't it be if they do get three and the say the Cardinals get in and I guess we're saying the Cubs won't because, you know, F the Cubs. Yeah. We won't pick the Cubs. Hell no. Yeah. So we'll go Braves Mets.
1: Yeah. We'll go Braves Mets. Yeah. you got to, that's, that's the only interest I have in the East is, is Austin Riley and the Braves. I think we have guys, we, we have,
3: we have to, you know, I just made that comment about the Padres and y'all are against them anyway, so it doesn't matter. But, we cannot at this point. If the Cardinals don't win the National League, we we can't not root for, for Atlanta. We just talked about they have likable characters, but that's a guess, man. And we told our guests we want championships, and so we got to be behind that.
1: Well, as long as it's not the Dodgers or the Astros, I'll root for whoever. Now, yeah, we haven't
0: we haven't had a chance to get him on yet, but obviously, friend friend of the show, Kendall Williams, he is a Dodger pitcher, and if he's pitching for the Dodgers. I'll be rooting for him, but it's gonna to be tough to root for that team.
1: Same same thing. If 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 Jonathan Bolin is on a team, I'll root for them. If Kendall Williams is on on a team, and there, I'll root for them. But until then, like my allegiance is where it is. Well, I think you, the guy we gotta root for then is Dallas Wolfolk, right? Because we
3: root for the A's on the side, so he's the, he's the guy that we need to call up. Even though you mentioned John John Bolin, and based upon you know what me and Randy have been seeing on on the Twitter, he's he's gonna be the one that's gonna get called up for anybody. Well, you know if that you, if you're west
1: of Dallas, you it's a tough sell for me. <laughs>
0: to to that to that point though, I, I shared a tweet with you guys last week about the Royals draft from a couple of years ago. My goodness, those guys are doing it right. Not just pitching, but, I mean, they got some serious talent. They got – just to name two, there's another pitcher that they drafted the same year as John John. He's already pitching in the major leagues. I mean, shout out to the Royals front office. Well, have you
3: seen the clips of the Rudy Martin Jr. who's hot recently by chance from the Royals? Do you know where he he went to high school?
0: I bet you're going to tell me. Lewisburg.
1: Oh, snap. We need that world star.
2: <laughs> All
1: right, Jim. Uh, let's dive in. SEC play is over. SEC tournament is coming up. Talk to me. All
3: right. Let me ask you a question. When you look at this schedule, and we're going to talk, you know, more and more about this because it's it's going on. Um, I think going in. in No, it's over by the weekend, so i take that back. Let me walk that back. I was thinking we'd be talking about it um, next week, too. But, dude, that schedule makes my head hurt trying to figure it out, right? Like, once you get past the second round, like everybody's going to switch different places all over that bracket. And to Randy's point when he messaged me earlier, some of these teams don't necessarily need to go all the way in this. So, what are managers going to do? How are they going to, you know – Um, work their pitchers, uh, you know, how how many innings, how much are they going to really do to try to win this? And so that leaves me wondering a lot of different things. Randy definitely put, you know, some question marks in my head. I know this. I got told today that Florida was going to win this tournament, and you know how we all feel. We're disputing that. Hell no, not happening. Um, But I think the most intriguing right out the the gate for me is going to be if that Florida – Advances past Kentucky and has Mississippi State. I think because those are two teams that are pretty evenly matched. Well,
1: let me ask you this, Jim who has to win the tournament? Because you. <laughs> I, I, okay. So, so we're saying anybody from Georgia up to Arkansas is going to make postseason play, we'll, we'll be in a regional probably Mississippi State, Tennessee, Arkansas, Vanderbilt have the opportunity. Um, with South, I don't know with
3: South Carolina uh, guys of South Carolina I mean do they have, you think they have have
1: a spot if they just um yeah. win a few in I, this? Yeah. I, I think don't think, so. I don't
0: think they have to win a few. I think they just have to win one.
1: I don't here here's what I'll say and this is just thinking about how regionals work and given the the clout that SEC has, I don't think I don't think South Carolina has to win a game. I don't think Florida has to win a game. I don't think Ole Miss has to win a game. And I don't.
3: But Ole Miss is Ole Miss is trying to host. So Ole right. Miss is going to try to win this thing.
1: Well, I'm just saying to be to get a regional berth, I don't think those teams, I think where that cut line is, is right there, that Georgia LSU. And I think that's where those teams have to win the tournament to have an opportunity to, to advance to a regional. Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, Mississippi state, all have the opportunity to host if not all four of them. I don't know how host sites are given when it comes to regionals. Um, Part of me thinks, well, they're all in the sec. They're not going to let all four of those teams host, but if they're, for the top teams in the country, why wouldn't they make them a host site? Um, but if, if, if we're having to pick a winner right now, and let's, let's say everybody has, you have to win it to get in and everyone's stakes are the same. Randy, who, who do you think has the best opportunity based on the way that it lays out to win this thing?
0: Um, I, I mean, I my, my want to say Tennessee, and I think they have a shot, but, I'm going to have to go with Arkansas only because we've not seen them lose two SEC games like in a series. So they have to lose twice and they haven't done that all year. So I got to stay with them until they prove me wrong.
1: Absolutely.
0: Jim, who, who you got?
3: I honestly, I actually think I, I do have Tennessee. Um, I don't know, man, maybe. Cause we know that's not my team. Right. And it's just, you know, we, we talk to these guys and, they make me root for them so much and they got so much talent and they can hit and put up runs with anybody. Um, And I just want it to be anybody other than Arkansas. And I, and Mississippi state, I just don't think hits well enough. And so if I'm going to, if I'm going to pick somebody other than Arkansas, I'm going to take Tennessee,
1: man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard not to root for those guys, but I'm looking at it in terms of the way it's, it's set up and who, who they're going to have to play.
3: Well, y'all are the very ones that when we did pro baseball said you weren't going to pick the Dodgers, you weren't going to pick the Ashes all that. So I'm just doing the same thing in college. I'm not picking Arkansas. I'll
1: be damned. Well, I'm not picking Arkansas either. I'm going to pick Vanderbilt. And the reason why is they got two of the top arms in the country and never heard of them. Yeah. Hey, they, they came out of nowhere, but if you win two games, you set yourself up in a really good position not only do you do that, but you give your, your your guys if they are on low pitch counts to come back again. Now, here's what I don't think will happen: is I don't I don't think you would see a lighter or a rocker a second time until Sunday, um, just because Vanderbilt doesn't have to win this thing. Right. Well, let me ask you guys
3: this: um, you know, you know, I'll direct this towards you, Randy. I said something about Ole Miss having to win to get my um, host. Like Mississippi State doesn't. But right now with the way they've kind of struggled, especially when you go back to that Missouri series, do you think that they want to win this because they need that momentum and they need to get that batting lineup hitting?
0: I think that there's not a whole – I'm not saying that Mississippi State isn't better than Ole Miss. I think, there's, I think both of them are going to be going all out to win this because both of them want that momentum. You know, Ole Miss got a huge win late in the season over Vanderbilt. So we saw that they can hit off Kumar, so that, and they can hit great. So I think to your point, if I had to pick one, yeah, Mississippi State probably needs it a little bit more just for confidence. El- Ole Miss needs it a little bit more just because they're a little bit lower-ranked seed. Um, and, and, yeah, everybody needs that momentum. The problem so
3: do you all think have- – so with that being said, Randy, do you think if Ole Miss wins that first game, you think they're coming out with Nikhazy and, and Vandy with Rocky, you think we're going to have that showdown again?
0: Oh, I, I think you. Yeah, I think you have to. I mean, because but I mean, is Ole Miss? Oh, man, I don't know. Are are they not going to pitch? You're in a single limb. I think they're. I not think pitch they're Doug going, Tuesday.
1: No, they're pitching Doug Tuesday. You yeah. have.
0: I mean, single limb. That's my problem because now you got to go up against Kumar and you don't have the the number two guy anymore. Right? He's hurt. I mean, you don't. Well, actually,
3: they had Gunner in the one spot. So yes, you, to your yeah, point, right. and and the guys that they've been throwing out there. Um, you know, they're doing a decent job, but you know, when you're talking about going against Kumar and Lighter, that I mean, it's they're clearly but, outmatched.
0: But to that point, though, Old Miss was they were barreling Kumar up. I'm not saying you can do that two games. And, in and
3: a row. Hey, and look who's back and already hitting bombs, dude. Hey, shout out, Elko. You know, we're not we're not Old Miss fans, but man, I do any guy who comes I'm back, that guys, much, fan, yeah, torn ACL three weeks later, hitting in the D8 spot, hitting bombs already. Like, dude, what are we talking about?
0: No, that guy's a he's a he's a champ. So Dana,
3: yeah, you said you got Vandy. You're going to stick with 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 Arkansas on this, Randy. And I am. ironically, I'll be the one to take Tennessee. Um, if all right, so that's who we're picking. Who do you want to win it the most, Randy? Oh, other Tennessee. than Tennessee? well, I know no. <laughs> who who would you want to see other than I know that was the obvious
1: answer. My bad. Who would you yeah, want to see? He, this is a secret question, so that you pick Mississippi State. <laughs>
0: this is, okay. Well, we can already eliminate a couple things. I don't want Florida to win anything ever. I don't want Alabama to ever win a game. Uh, you know, if I, I, man, that's a tough one. Uh, I think, but I would be happy with either Ole Miss or Mississippi State. You know, not only that we've had these guys on the team, they just have a lot of likable characters. And I just think that you got a, two great teams, a lot of great talent. And you know what? I, I, I'd say Mississippi State because, uh, you know, I've definitely followed to you. Uh, I've watched a lot of criticism, not only of, um Cameron James, but the coaching staff and just the decisions. So I think some validation would go a long way for them. What about you, DB? Who who
3: do you who do you want to see? And no, I wasn't looking for you to say Mississippi State. Hey, LSU's a viable option too because we had Alex Brady, we had Cable and we got Devin would Potno be if, coming on.
0: They would be if that guy didn't turn on down our podcast.
3: Oh yeah. ho, 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 ho. no, he didn't turn it down. He, he he I don't know if that's arguably worse. He
1: no showed. Yeah. So. I- I would have to pick Tennessee. I mean, we have a a vested interest in in them and the guys that we had are quality guys, stand-up guys, and like how do you not root for them? So if I if I eliminate them from the equation, I think then it's old miss. Like Hayden Leatherwood was a fantastic guest, and I'm still giving Ben Van Cleve some hope that he can he can make Ten home runs this year, yeah. even though it's not well, looking so promising. He, he wrote me a me- he wrote
3: me a message between his injury and Elko taking the DH spot. This he hey he he uh, it's not like he wasn't saying anything we didn't know based upon those facts, but he said, "Man,
1: um, it ain't my spot no more." <laughs> well, he still got a spot on this show in the future to come on here and apologize to me personally.
0: <laughs> he might but, recapture that magic if he does.
1: Yeah, so. So, if 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 it's not Ole Miss, then, I you know, just throwing a long shot out there. Give me South Carolina. Those guys have been – He, he has game. been – hey, he's been in South Carolina under the radar all year. Hey,
0: to that point, you know, I've, I've been watching the team that, you know, in the Tennessee series, obviously, they played them. Georgia is a sneakily scrappy team. So, I, I mean, I don't want them to beat LSU. Obviously, you know, we like Cade uh, Beloso and all that. But, man, I think that team is a little bit better than people give them credit for.
1: Well, yeah that that's the type of team that can go in win a game against LSU and then turn around and beat Arkansas. The, the only Arkansas reason I won't overlooking them, the only reason I, I actually agree with you because I've watched Georgia
3: and uh, quite a few games this year uh, against everybody as well. Only because Marco is going to be on the mound will I say that LSU at least gets that game. I don't think I don't think they might get any further than that. But that's the one guy that's been consistent pitching for them all year. He was in the you know, final five finalists for SEC Pitcher of the Year for a reason.
0: Well, yeah, and that's what it comes down to, right? If you got a guy that can shut down a game, win a game by himself, that's what wins you, you know. The, the problem is they ain't got a guy game. who
3: can win the game afterward. We need our man Alex no. Brady to just start a game instead of come out the bullpen and just roll the whole thing. There you yeah. go. And, All and, right, hey, guys. but
0: Arkansas is susceptible, though, right? They, they're starting, they starting – got one pitcher with a sub-two ERA, and the rest of their pitchers, I mean, until you get to the sixth or seventh inning with cops, I mean, you're kind of hit or miss.
1: Yeah. I think the, the tournament itself, it comes down to pitching, but if, if you can't, if you can't put up, if the opportunity brings itself, if you can't put up a five stop spot or a four spot in one inning, like it's going to be tough. Like you got to have some sticks that can, can have some big innings because All right. if not, then you, the pitching is just going to dominate.
3: All right. So I got one question for each of y'all and then we can move off college baseball. And this is, this is sec related, but not sec related. I'll ask one question to each of you. I'll start with you, Randy, with Texas, Texas being the number two ranked team. It was, it was to start of the season. So it was a long time ago, but does there any thought process to you that maybe they're not really number two ranked in the sense that they got beat by three sec teams to start the season?
0: Man, you know, baseball is such a long season, you know, and but to your point, I mean, I can't go back. I can't be hypocritical. You can't be the best until you beat the best, and I haven't seen them do it. And where, regardless of my fandom is obviously Tennessee, um, but the SEC top to bottom, I mean, we just talked about it. The number eight seed in the SEC could go on a run. Number seven, South Carolina, that team is really good. Florida, no, I, I'm with you. I don't think, even though they are number two and I get why they are, They're not the second-best team in the country, no.
3: All right, so with that, Daniel, I'll give you the other team that a lot of people have been talking about. They're talking about Notre Dame as one of the top eight hosting. Get out of here. No, yeah, you ready for this? No, you ready for this? They used used, uh, numerous different teams, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Tennessee, you know, talked about it, playing seven of the top 15 teams in the country. Meanwhile, Notre Dame played zero of the top 15 teams in the country. That should matter, right?
1: But it, it should and it will because they'll be a host site for a regional and they're gonna get warped. They won't they they won't make super regional. Ooh,
3: bold statement. I like it though because we're anti Notre Dame just like Florida. I'm not gonna go people. that
0: far on Texas. I think they will make super. No, regional. No, no Texas. No, man, I, they got I agree studs. with that.
3: Um, I'm I'm blanking on his name right now. That that picture that I did watch in, in Arlington and um he oh, man he's he's like on top five in the mock draft. So forgive me for getting name, but they got a stud
1: yeah i I look at the top 25 man like i just don't i don't and maybe maybe it's just the the, well it's the typical like powerhouse baseball schools notre dame just doesn't it doesn't do anything for me when i put them in the category with those other teams maybe their college football effect has something on you always overrated (laughs) probably um but guys, let's uh, let's move on to the last call. I I, I want to bring something up, Randy. Uh, you're a golf guy, Phil Mickelson. How 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 big of a of a deal is this?
0: It's 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 you can't state how big of a deal it is, Phil. You know, and I haven't been a big Phil fan uh, his whole career. I'm I'm a Tiger Woods guy, uh, just because he transcended the game. But don't want to talk about him. Uh, to I watched all you know all the days, and I kept saying. Uh, you know, he can't keep this up. This is cute for Thursday. Oh, it's awesome for Friday. Let's see what he does. You know, he's an older guy. Uh, but man, my God, it was so impressive. And he was hitting shots, uh, with speed, with force, uh, but his approach his finesse. I mean, he beat, um, you know, one of the best golfers in the game straight up and look, this is what could have happened. Phil has been known in his career to, you know, choke away the moment. And he comes out and bogeys that first hole. Brooks doesn't. Brooks birdies it. All of a sudden, they're tied. Now he goes in two up, up two strokes. Third hole, he's tied. Brooks takes the lead, even. And Phil just kept his composure and did his thing. And and I was super impressed, man. To be all of what Phil's come through. Not only his, you know, being fifty, but you know he's had health issues. His wife, his mom. I mean, what a story. Couldn't be happier for the guy. I mean, shout out to Phil Mickelson. And
3: being that you're a nine hundred one guy. I mean, I, I believe that's Memphis's favorite golfer, not even
0: close, right? Yeah, because he he's come even before the tournament. Like now, obviously, it's one of the best tournaments in the world because it's the top fifty golfers. But that guy's been coming for as long as I've been going to that tournament. So, Jim, great point. Shout out, Phil, for that.
1: So, does he have enough in the arsenal and in the tank to win another major?
0: I I hate to say no because I would have told you he never could have won the PGA Championship because I don't think what we don't see, even if you're not a golf guy, that course this last weekend was was hard as hell. I mean, you know, those lies were crazy. The pin placement was was nuts. I mean, man, I'm going to have to say I would go no if I had to bet, like, a significant amount of money on it, but it's fun to watch last weekend. Yeah, what am I – Go ahead. Jeff. I
3: was going to say one of my favorite tweets that I saw was Jeffrey Wright said, man, only on this course today can Phil Mickelson get a bogey and still gain ground.
0: Absolutely. The, my favorite, speaking of Twitter, my favorite was uh, Phil Mickelson's wife tweeted the text message from Phil's mom. She said, hey, tell Philip, you know, to, to don't do this, don't do that, set his feet. It's just funny to me that he's just a normal guy. At the end of the day, his mom's still giving him advice. She knew he wouldn't answer her text. So she went through his wife and then his wife said, well, he won't listen to me either. Let me text his caddy, but what a moment they had at the end. And Hey, let's talk about this for a second. I know things are getting back to normal and I know that Brooks Kepka had, he took some, um, uh, you know, a little bit of pause because the crowd was a little bit overzealous. I loved it. I love seeing the crowd. I love hearing the crowd. I thought it was great for golf. That's a prime time moment. Uh, and without Tiger Woods, that couldn't have been a bigger moment for golf.
1: Yeah. I will say I think Brooks Kepka was being a little bitch. Like, come <laughs> on, man. Like <laughs> yeah. he he goes, he goes, if if I had won it, then it would have been great. But because I didn't win it, like they they were hurting my knee. Yeah, they t- that he they dinged me a few times. I, I didn't like give, that either. Give me a break, man. But uh, like what what difference is that and what happened to me? College football when they rushed the field. And basketball is way more, way more like safety issue than what we saw on Sunday. Agreed. Agreed. So Jim, last call, man. Anything? Uh yeah, man. Our boy Jalil
3: Willis. Shout out, man. Getting it, getting it done. Continue working. The you real st- I, and you know what I love is you know, Radio set us up with all those guys, and we had Trey on. And I love seeing Trey with him in his corner, right? That's that's so cool, man. Those all those guys talk about how much they love each other. We had T. Cummins on last week, and just man, seeing how tight knit those guys are. You know, uh, obviously T. Picked money over friends because he's got a wife and kids. But those, a lot of those guys say friends, and you can see why, man. They, I mean, them dudes are brothers.
0: And think about it like this. And I know I've been, I've said it on every show we've had, but the gym that they are all training at, it's one gym. I mean, you're talking about that being the freaking, that's the Alabama football of MMA, not in this city, because it is the best gym in the city. It's the best in the region. That is, I mean, think about it Jaleel, T, Rambo. I mean, Trey, I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. There's a lot of amateurs, and there's guys that have come through there that have left and gone on to do their own thing, like Brian Law. Just the, the list, it just goes on and on. But Dave Ferguson built something special over there at MBJJ, and I'm just excited that it's still keeping going. What a great spot for the city! Because you can go in there, train with some killers, or just burn some fat off, like I do. <laughs>
1: Speaking of burning fat off, my, my last call the CrossFit semifinals are this weekend. You got 10 events. Five competitors, top five, will go on to the CrossFit Games to determine who the fittest on earth is. I know you guys can tune in and watch and see some feats that you've never seen before. So, Are you in it? it, No, I am not in it. I'm currently uh, uh, working through this neck injury. It's because Um, it's top five. If it was top ten, you would be in, would you? DB, did I dream it? But
3: but didn't
0: I see you on there before?
3: (laughs) I think it was a dream.
0: Dude, no, I hey
3: Randy, I don't care. Unless any of them dudes are out working out in the middle of their subdivision in the street in Tampa where I turn the corner and all like the women are sitting on their front porch uh filming. You know, I don't want to talk about it. He's the man.
1: That's that's what I do. Guys, let's get out of here. Let's call it a night. We had a great, great time with Chad and Jack Dallas, man. They they got big things coming up this weekend. Y'all check them out conference tournaments for both of those those cats uh, and if you like hearing us average shows talk x's and o's please like and share the podcast on facebook retweet us on twitter listen and subscribe on apple podcast spotify and anchor as always your comments ratings and feedback is always welcome we're going to see everyone next week for episode 12 where we're going to be talking the fight game professional fighting with mma star johnny smith This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong bodies, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.